Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. This is is Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. If you're watching on TV or on the ESPN MT app, I was trying to show you this sweet signed Fran Tarkenton card that I picked up recently uh, at our, from our friends down at uh, Zootown Sports Cards. It just wasn't coming through that clear. Maybe you did see it clearer than I could see it on my TV, but uh, that's what I was trying to do. Mostly I was just standing over in the corner looking. I have a bookshelf over here to my right, uh, which I guess would be the left side of your TV screen. And that's where I keep a lot of the sports books that we reference. Uh, I also have a whole bunch of my cards there on display for people to check out and uh, show off and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I don't know, I was just looking at... Looking at the collectibles, as it were. Thanks for hanging out with us here on your Monday. This is Nuanas Now. You are listening to ESPN Radio. We are coming to you through the Missoula Broadcasting Studio here at uh, the ESPN Empty Studio, excuse me, here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? Some of the most memorable and impressive moments from around the wide world of sports in Montana. We also give you sort of a uh, scoreboard of the news of the weekend and the news of the last week or so. Uh, all part of the Montana Sports Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot, also proud supporter of the Nuanas Now podcast where you can find any and everything that you missed uh, during that first hour. The Nuanas Now podcast is available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. It's also presented by the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold on game day or any other day. Time now for our continued coverage of the Montana Football Hall of Fame. I am on the board of directors for the Montana Football Hall of Fame and um, also contribute to the selection committee and head up a lot of the biography writing and editing uh, each year we put out uh, basically a publication that's like the program for the event, but it also includes biographies on all of the various inductees. I usually write uh, a couple, of, several of these stories and then also help edit several of them. The writing is usually an arduous task, but very interesting. And the editing is always very educational. I very much enjoy 
getting to read the various writers that contribute, and also just learn more about the athletes that are going in. This year's class, a headline by Colt Anderson, a former Grizz great who played nine seasons in the NFL. Mike Person, a former Bobcat great who also played nine seasons in the NFL. I had the distinct pleasure of writing about each of those two guys. Um, so th- that was fun. And each of those two guys was kind enough to join us uh, in recent weeks on this show. One guy I did not get to profile this year, though, but that is one of the uh, inductees is Dallas Neal. He's a Great Falls, Montana native. He played for the Grizzlies in the late 1990s. He was on uh, the 95 National Championship team and also on the 96 team that went to the National Championship game. He's most well-known during his college career for his uh, prowess as a punter. He was an all-big sky and an all-American level punter for the Grizzlies. But then he made it to the NFL in completely unorthodox fashion, and then he stuck in the NFL for quite some time. I was corresponding with Dallas a little bit earlier today. He was unable to join us live, but that's okay. I wanted to share his story a little bit. What follows here is an interview from this radio station, from this radio show, just its previous iteration. For a couple years, I shared the booth here with Ryan Tutel, one of my great friends, and the guy who's taught me a ton about uh, this business, this industry, and this craft. We had a show, Tutel and Nuanas, for several years. I think a lot of you listened to it. I think a lot of you really liked it. Um, so this is an excerpt from October 2nd, 2019. This was from our ESPN Roundtable, which we do each week here. Uh, on Nuanas now. We, we play them during the 5 o'clock hour on Wednesdays and then during the noon hour on Thursdays. But this is from about four years ago when Dallas Neal joined us. I'll just let Dallas tell the story. But if you hear Tutel and you're a little bit confused, well, it's because this interview was from he, when he was the co-host of the show. Here's Dallas Neal from October of 2019 about his NFL journey. Anybody who's gone on to spend time in the NFL especially when you're coming from the FCS or the Division One AA level, has a pretty interesting story to tell. But years in particular is maybe pretty unique even by those standards. Particularly, you're a, a great kicker, great punter for the University of Montana, but also went to the league in that capacity and as a tight end and, and as an H-back. Like, how does that happen? Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. And right. it, didn't, it didn't even make sense to me at the time. But I sent out... I was, I was a good punter, but I sent out 32 highlight tapes to all the NFL teams, and I got no response. Didn't get invited to the combine. It was kind of end of story right. as I knew it. Yeah. Had an agent, Ken Staninger, but it wasn't things weren't happening. So I kind of took a little bit of a risk. So what, Okay, so what did you do? <laughs> so, so me and a buddy were talking, and I decided to get – I went down to Herberger's and convinced them to sell me a four-foot mannequin leg, put it in a big package, looked up in the NFL, who is the worst punter in the NFL. <laughs> and so I put this in a package, sent it to Frank Gans Jr., who is a St. Louis Rams special teams coach, and said, I give my right leg to play for the St. Louis Rams, and I have my <laughs> highlight tape sitting right there. That is too good. So I didn't think anything of it, but he called me. He called me just out of the blue and just started laughing. Really? Like he just, just thought it, it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and my first response was, well, did you watch my highlight tape? Because right. that's what was happening. Nobody was watching right. my highlight tape. And he said, no. <laughs> and he said, but I will, and I'll call you back. 
Okay. So I get a call back like two days later, and he said, you know, you got great hang time. I think you got a shot. He goes, but I don't want a rookie punter. I want a veteran. So I'll call USA Today, and I'll have him write an article about you and about your mannequin leg gig. And it happened. Really? So I got, I got some press, and Green Bay, Atlanta, and Denver all picked up on it. And I, I went out and punted on a nice snowy day in Washington yeah. Grizzly Stadium for these three teams. Mm. And I could have, um, I didn't get drafted, but at the end of the draft, both Denver and Atlanta called me, and I could have go to either one as as one of the 110 that come in as a walk on. Right, and so you ended up going to Atlanta. Yeah, I chose Atlanta. They it looked like there might be a little bit better opportunity there, and I really liked Dan Reeves. He was a great head coach at yeah. that time. And their punter was older, so mm-hmm. there was a chance that it might be the but end of the But the elevation career. didn't draw you like, oh, I could bang this thing up there for days in mile high, right? And the Broncos <laughs> were kind of my team. Yeah. So I was like, I was like <laughs> right, ah. But right. you're kind of like trying to get a job. So, yeah, I go down to Atlanta, and I'm expecting to play punter. But they had a guy get injured, and they needed somebody to run routes in training camp. And they kind of already had me on the cut list. So they're like, could you just run some routes? A month later, Dan Reeves pulls me aside, and he's like, I don't think I've seen you drop a ball in a month. I want to see you wear pads. I want to put some pads on you and see what happens. Wow. And that was my entrance into the NFL. I put pads on at 208 pounds and got annihilated. (laughs) It was ridiculous. Uh, So... Once they put pads on me, my own coach didn't want to put me in anymore <laughs> because he for, was concerned for, for my reasons. safety. <laughs> I was a great receiver, but I wasn't big enough as a tight end. That's or as amazing, an though. I mean, that's like that's unbelievable. I mean, that's that's I've never ever heard something like no, that. It was it was it was it was crazy. And and up until we played in Tokyo against the Dallas Cowboys when all the people in front of me got hurt. So the halfback got a concussion. The other guy pulled his hamstring. There was nobody left to go in. So Dan Reeves turns around and he goes, put the backup in. My coach, I'm standing next to him, says, we don't have a backup. (laughs) That's... This was a true story. He had that much confidence in my ability. Right. So... So it gets worse. Coach Reeves was like, well, then put Neil in. And he's he said, with me next to him, you can't be serious. Coach Reeves grabs me by the face mask. I go into the game. First play, I was so excited and also so overwhelmed, I forgot what the play was. But I just ran a little flat route, and the quarterback picked up on it, threw me a ball, and I went 28 yards to the two-yard line and almost scored. And from then on... In practice, you could never hit anybody below the waist. Right. So your your strength, I was never strong enough to hit anybody, but I was quick enough. Mm. But once I got in the game, I could cut guys. I could hit them below the waist. I could hit them. And to my surprise, after a couple games, the coaches were like, you're really, you're really good at this. So from 110, I was the number 53 guy taken and put on the active roster. And I was required to gain 30 pounds in 30 weeks. <laughs> Some people, that sounds like a dream. I could do that. <laughs> 30 pounds, easy. Where yeah. is the buffet? Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, but but then, so then you you made the team as a punter slash tight end. I, yep. 
I made the team Backup as punter. a tight end. Yeah. I made right. the team as an H-back, special teams player, and as a backup punter, mm. which was a complete role reversal right. from what I was expecting. That is that is bizarre. Coulter, have you ever heard of something like that? But Dallas, you played you played some tight end and H back at Montana, though, right? This wasn't as if it was your first time ever playing at a high level at these positions. Well, it wasn't my first time playing at a high level, but if you look at the level of which an H back or tight end plays at the <laughs> right. University of Montana <laughs> compared to what they play at in the NFL, it was a right. it was a huge step up from where I was expecting to be. And I had also been losing weight to be a punter, so I wasn't right. big enough. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, two hundred eight pounds at any position other than punter in the NFL is probably a problem unless you're a 4-2 wide receiver or something like that. Well, and they motivated me to gain weight. It was every Friday I'd weigh in and I needed to gain a pound, Mm. a pound, a pound. Well, if I didn't make my weight, it was $250 per pound out of my paycheck. Oh, man. And then if you missed it that week, they could double it to $500 a pound. Oh, my goodness. So every Friday was kind of a nerve-wracking day for Am me. I, gonna I make... was, like, drinking the orange juice right at the end. And, <laughs> right. and I was actually pretty impressed. Like, nobody that I was around I ever saw take steroids. Everybody was just genetic freaks. Mm. And, you know, they just – it was amazing. I got so many questions to follow up from that amazing story. But first of all, what were you eating? What, what was the process like to put on all the food – or to put on all the weight? So – for me, I did have a big enough frame to handle the the weight, so it was more like uh, chocolate milk every time after working out. It was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at 6 in the morning. It was mac and cheese at 10 at night. It really had to do with just getting some quality calories in, uh, but you just had you just had to keep eating. And, and and lifting, right? I mean, like, oh, it's, yeah. it's a muscle mass deal, so it's too – and you're burning calories, lots of them, obviously, when you're working out that hard, so then you got to eat everything you can find. Yeah, three to four hours a day we were working out, and so you had to find a way to to kind of out-calorie that. Um, what, was, what was the highlight for you, aside from making the team, which is such a – I mean, that's an unbelievable accomplishment – to, to be able to say that. But in your time, you were with the with the Falcons for a couple of years and then with the Jets there uh, for a year or so. But what, what, what to you was the, when you look back at three, four years, you know, in the NFL, in the league, front and center, what, what stands out to you when you look back on that? You know, the highlight to me was the moments that I had when I could get people to believe in themselves or the – you know, like as a team, it's the guys, mm. you know, you don't, when you're inside of it, it's not so much, I mean, playing in Green Bay and Lambeau Field in the playoffs and beating them when we had Michael Vick uh, before he got in trouble. Right, right. That, that was, that was, that, that was some cool experiences for sure. But you have this thing that um, you so push each other to a level that you've never experienced before, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And I, I think that's why I made the team, to be honest, because I had that Rudy mentality that the that the team kind of needed. They needed some grit, mm. and and I think Coach saw that in me, and he wanted that. Even if I didn't play a lot, right. he wanted that. You are listening to an interview from 2019 with Dallas Neal, a former Grizz All American, as a punter who then walked the unbelievably unlikely path to becoming a tight end and an H back in the NFL. 
This is part of our Montana Football Hall of Fame series. The Montana Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony coming up June 23rd in Billings. 23rd and 24th, excuse me. The actual induction ceremony is on the 24th, Saturday night at the Billings Hotel and Convention Center. There still are tickets, individual tickets, and tables available. It's $100 for a ticket, $800 for a table. You can get tickets at any of the Universal Athletic locations across the state of Montana, or you can visit the Montana Football Hall of Fame website. Just Google Montana Football Hall of Fame, or uh, you can type in mtfootballhof.com to find the website there as well to find out more ticket information. Dallas Neal, one of the inductees into this year's Montana Football Hall of Fame. Continuation of this interview from Tutela Nuanez back in 2019 with Dallas Neal. I have three different follow-ups from everything that you said. So first of all, I want to start with, you mentioned researching who has some of the weaker punters in the league. One of the things I think is so fascinating, we take all this technology and all this internet stuff for granted, and it's just become just a part of our lives. How are you finding out information? Well, what, what's your tactic to find out you know, who, who might have a spot for me? You know, I was definitely talking to my, to my agent, who who kind of knew, but I, I really did it on my own. I actually just looked at who had the worst average mm. and and who was kind of towards the end of their career. So age combined with age, maybe the... Well, because what happens in the NFL is you start getting mandatorily paid more right. as you get older. And so a young guy would make a couple hundred grand where a veteran would be minimumed at 750000 to a million. Right. So if they can save some money on the salary cap, you only need to be as good as the next guy. You don't need to be better than him. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great point. Colter, what else? Uh, you, you, got? Me- you mentioned your agent. Uh, I grew up across the street from Ken Sanders. So Kenny's a great uh, mentor of mine. He was one of my dad's best friends. And so I've known him my whole life. We actually inducted him into the Montana Football Hall of Fame last year, which was great. It was really fun. And then he's had, he had such a fascinating career because he was such a maverick, such a trailblazer in certain elements. But uh, just, just tell us about that element of it, because you know Kenny was such a champion for uh, small school guys, especially former Grizz, and helping them get shots at the big time. So what sort of influence did that play just on, on you and your opportunities in the NFL? Well, I think he was really well-known because Montana guys before me had, when they went into camp, they worked hard, they didn't mess around, and they got it done. And I think that kind of you pave a way for somebody else and they've been paving a way for you. So Montana guys are known that they're a little less of a risk. Mm. They may not be your marquee player, but look, you only have 10 marquee players on a team. There's another 43 guys that you need to be rough and tough and day in, day out, be bringing it. And no drama. Exactly. Right. And no drama. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so I think that's uh, what, what Ken Staninger got a reputation for. And so Montana guys got a shot when other guys may have even been a little more physically capable because they knew they were kind of a guarantee. Yep. Well, and you mentioned the camaraderie element of football, which is one of my favorite parts about covering it and talking to the guys. It was always one of my favorite parts as a player. And you know, I'm to the point now where so many of my best friends from college played for the Grizz and a couple of them played for the Cats as well. And um, when they first get out of college, it's such a hard transition. Even if you only play, you know, FCS college football, you've been doing it for so much of your life, and it's just so much of a, uh, it, it's so ingrained in you that camaraderie, hanging out with your best buddies all the time. And it's a hard transition to get out of it. But now you've been out for, you know, close to twenty years. 
What's the transition like been like for you? Was it difficult at first? And what sort of outlets have you found both for the competitive nature and just for the camaraderie aspect of things to kind of fill that void? Yeah, and it's different because I, I had played in the NFL too, which which brings a little bit little bit little bit of a different element. During the first few years, I actually traveled with, with a team called the Strength Team and doing uh, school seminars and still using some of that strength and that motivational gifting and, and those things. And then after you get a little older, it's like, it's not, you don't look quite as cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, I think, you know, it's an interesting statistic because uh, one in 1 million high school football players make it to the NFL, mm-hmm. but yet 80% or more within three years are either divorced, bankrupt, or without a job. So the kind of the swing to the top and the swing to the bottom is kind of the 80%. And and within a few years, I was divorced. And that's part of what I wrote in my story. I, yeah. We were talking about that. But uh, uh, it, there there is a big swing. I don't think you can really act like there isn't. You either have to live in the glory days or you kind of have to grow up. Right. You know? And it is, you do. You need to grow up and you need to find something new and you need to, you know, kind of write a new story. And so when it, when, what, what was the story for you when you finished, uh, uh, you know, your time in the NFL, I know you went through, you know, that tough period in life, but also now, I mean, to look at you today, so you own the source gym here in Missoula, which has just been growing. In fact, a fifth anniversary, uh, just, uh, just this month. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And, and, you know, you're putting a lot of time and effort into that. I know that's not the only thing though, but that has to be part of, you know, what it is that, you know, how you try and express all the energy that's no longer being focused towards football when you're done with football, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the things that get me fired up are, and that's kind of what I, you know, when I talk about deciding what you want to do when you grow up, I, I right. wanted to encourage people. Right. And mm. and a health club was just a really good avenue to do that. Mm. So, yeah, I was pretty smart with, I, I kind of just saved the money that I had from the NFL, so I was able to start a, a gym, Yeah, you know, when when we got back. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, I love doing, like the Falcons last year, they came and did an entire camp at Washington Grizzly Stadium for free for this entire community. Right. So things like that, encouraging kids, encouraging adults to be healthy, anything like that I enjoy. Dallas Neal joining us. He's the subject of our ESPN roundtable, former University of Montana football player and former NFL football player with the Atlanta Falcons and New York Jets. And Dallas, one thing we haven't talked about yet really is your time at the University of Montana as a football player, which was an, an extremely successful period of time for the Grizzlies. What do you remember about your, your first of all, how did you, you, you grew up in Great Falls or you, you played football there? What got you to the University of Montana in the first place? And what was it like for you to play for the Grizz in the late 90s? Right. So my dad, Went to Montana State. My uncle went to Montana State. My mom's a bobcat. All of them. Yeah. University of Montana was not on my recruiting list. I was, I, my number one was Notre Dame. Number two was Colorado State. I had kind of my list. Yeah. And those, each one as a punter started falling through. Mm. I was number two on the Notre Dame list and Colorado State said they were waiting a year. Mm. And then the Bobcats really didn't want uh, a full scholarship punter. They kind of just, hey, you could come in, you could do some things. And then all of a sudden Montana calls me and says, we want you full time. We want you to punt next year. And it kind of just threw me for a loop. Wow, yeah. I met Don Reed and met the team and the staff. And I said, I think this is the right fit. 
And then my first year was 1995. I was punting in the national championship game as a rookie. Yeah. And so, yeah, it couldn't have been much more of a sweetheart adventure. And, and Don Reed was hilarious because the stuff he would do, he would, he would bring candy bars to practice all the time. And he would get you to relax. Right. Because you're also, you're stressed out. Yeah. You don't want to screw up. Our biggest, you know, fear of failing is what all players deal with. Mm. They don't want to screw up in front of 30,000 people. They don't want to, they don't want to, you know, they just, they're always afraid. So he'd pitch them candy bars and get them laughing and get them joking. And then they'll play for you. For a candy bar, of course. Of course. <laughs> Dallas, take us through then the progression of your career because after 1995, you guys win the national championship. Don Reed rides off in the sunset. Uh, he, he retires. And then McDenny takes over. So what was the coaching transition like for you and, and just the whole group of Grizzlies that kind of went through that at that time? Well, I think more than just the coaching transition, I think we had some major player transitions. We had Dave Dickinson, Matt Wells, you had a group of seniors that were so strong and so kind of historic in a lot of ways. Um, we had Krebo for one more year, and we had a few things that, that were going. But I think um, coaching-wise, Mick Dennehy, I, I don't think there was really – we didn't play as well in those next couple years, but we were in the national championship in 96. Yeah. So I just think that uh, we kind of – all the stars aligned. You know, and the groove was there in 95. And it was just really hard to have that level of play continue, even just with the caliber of players. Memories with Dallas Neal, one of our inductees into the Montana Football Hall of Fame. Montana Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony coming up in Billings in a couple weekends. It's June 23rd and 24th. There's a golf tournament going on on the 23rd. And then uh, the actual induction ceremony is on June 24th. Dallas Neal, one of the inductees into this year's class. I believe this is our either 7th or 8th inaugural Montana Football uh, Hall of Fame. So congratulations to all the inductees and uh, fun going down memory lane. That interview was from October of 2019. So uh, had to go to the archives for that one, but fun uh, digging that one up and fun listening to Dallas. How about he sends the the mannequin leg to the head coach, or to the GM of the St. Louis Rams, and that gets him a shot in the NFL. Unbelievable. As a punter turned tight end, it's just completely, completely out of nowhere, uh, but a fun story, certainly. You want us now, ESPN Radio, how about a young man who was one of the best bare-knuckles brawlers in the entire world? Kai Stewart will join us on the eve of his title fight, which is coming up Friday in the Electric City. That's next. Keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is 
that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. ESPN Radio. Well, what's better than a Friday fight night? How about a Friday fight night between a couple bitter rivals and a Friday fight night between a couple bitter rivals that will fight in their hometown? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome to a young man who's joined us once before. It's Kai Stewart. He's a Great Falls product. Uh, a guy who's one of the best bare knuckles boxers in the entire world, and he will fight in the bare knuckles fighting championships in Great Falls on Friday night against fellow Great Falls product Louis Lopez. Kai, thanks for joining us, man. What's going on? How you doing? I am doing fantastic. Fight week always brings a special form of like excitement. So uh, you know, I'm just getting my weight down, uh, tidying some some things up, and we're ready to go Friday night. Well, the last time you joined us, you, you were kind of just getting into this. You'd had one pro fight before, and you were getting ready for another one. But now you've been doing this here for a couple of years. So just take us through. I mean, how have you seen the sport evolve over the last couple of years? Because this is certainly something that's gained a ton of popularity on the local, statewide, regional, and national levels. Uh, how have you seen just uh, bare-knuckles fighting uh, evolve over these last couple of years, and what's kept you in it? Yeah, so uh, Bare Knuckle just recently had its five-year anniversary, uh, June 2nd, and uh, they like th- that's exciting because you look, you take a look back in recent history to BKFC 41, uh, we had absolute star-studded card featuring Conor McGregor's, like, just random appearance, like... Bare knuckle has exploded, and I truly believe it's the the next best thing to the UFC. And give us a few years, and it's going to be the best. Take us through this upcoming matchup, because I, I know that I've been following this a lot. You know, following you on social media and stuff. But for those that maybe don't know, uh, your opponent Louis Lopez is a guy who's from Great Falls as well. Uh, but you guys. Uh, this is a much-anticipated fight on Friday night. Let's just say that. So just take us through that a little bit. I mean, where does some of this uh, juice coming into this fight come from? Yeah, so it's actually really crazy. This is this is three years circled back. Um, me and Louis Lopez were going to fight at the end of 2019 whenever he randomly called me out in MMA. Uh, and then it just things spiraled and we like he pulled out of two fights and here we are uh this far into the future and now we're circling back and fighting uh we never really thought that we were gonna fight again like really the beef died down for a while but uh between his uh our former beef and his uh, beef between my co uh his coach and i joe riggs uh that's where the juice is and bare knuckle saw that and they they built us both up, and now we're both fighting for a world title. Um, I think uh, this is probably the biggest rivalry in BKFC history thus far because this is real. Like, I don't know how real all these other rivalries are, but it, it's, it's a real thing. There's people chattering all over town, all over the state, and all over the Northwest, really, because we've been followed for three years through this beef. The Bare Knuckles Fighting Championship will make its third trip to Great Falls on Friday night. 
BKFC 44 at Four Seasons Arena. Kai Stewart, one of the headliners of this card, joining us now uh, here on Nuanas. Now, he is a Great Falls product, and he will be fighting fellow Great Falls native Louis Lopez for the Featherweight World Championship. Uh, Kai, as, as somebody that's studied fighting a lot over my career, there's a, there's such an art to it. There's such a, a level of, of temperance that you have to have, but also they don't, like we're talking about, you got to have the juice as well. But sometimes you don't want the juice to get in the way of your strategy, right? You don't want you don't want to be too mad, too angry going in there. So how do you sort of prepare yourself mentally to control your emotions in this fight? Like you said, I mean, this is a huge rivalry, one of the biggest in uh, all of bare knuckles fighting, and, and uh, sounds like some animosity behind it as well. But how do you sort of keep your cool and execute your plan then on Friday night? Uh, I. I'm a wrestler, and nothing's going to uh, be as hard as wrestling, and keeping a cool, level head in wrestling is a big deal. Uh, I do know that my opponent is going to come in with a lot of nervous energy. You can hear it in his interviews. You can hear it um, everywhere you go. But really, <clears throat> the best way to train your mentality is just work hard, you know? If, if you push yourself past the breaking point every day, eventually your breaking point goes away, and you just uh, get ready for competition, uh, and be ready to go. I've wrestled over a thousand matches in my lifetime. <clears throat> what's a, what's a fight? Like I can like this is just another competition to me, and I'm going to get the job done. Well, you gotta love it. Gotta love that level of confidence. I know that you've been engaged in in this fight camp for a while, prepared for this fight. So, uh, what sort of things have been? Uh, what what has stood out to you about your training? What sort of things have been different? I mean, uh, how are you feeling? How are you feeling physically? And, and what's the fight camp been like for you leading up to this fight? So I've really had a, a really extended uh, fight camp this time. I was scheduled to fight MMA in March. That fight ended up not happening. And uh, so then I kind of carried on, and then I, like, directly after got offered this uh, this fight. So uh, I, I'm i in – everybody says the same thing, but uh, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm, I'm only 22 years old, so physically I'm still just, like, getting there. So I – I feel so good. I, I've put like four solid months of training in for this fight. And uh, it, the biggest difference is I've, I've gone to different uh, schools and uh, trained under some pretty big names. I trained out of Jackson Wink for a month, uh, learned a lot of good stuff down there, worked, worked my butt off at Elevation. That's been one of the biggest helps with Elevation because then we went on to Colorado at Says MMA and uh, got some really good work in. So the big, like, just like, I, like I'm a wrestling coach, and I just tell my wrestlers to be a sponge and just learn everything you can. And that's been the biggest advantage of this camp is just how much I've been able to learn and how much I've been able to grow. BKFC 44 at the Four Seasons Arena in Great Falls uh, on Friday night. If you want to buy tickets, you can go to bkfc.com. Kai Stewart, one of the headliners of this card, joining us. Uh, here on Nuanas now, what what will be the keys on Friday night? I mean, a guy that, like you said, you've been prepared for this for a long time, and uh, you guys know each other, but you've never been in the ring with each other. So, what are going to be the keys? What are, what are your what are your main objectives on Friday night in this fight? Yeah, the main objective is what we just talked about and keeping a level head. I think uh, I, I just need to go in there because I have plans A through Z. I like you always have to be ready for everything. Uh, I as long as I keep a, a solid head, put a smile on my face. Um, I I don't I don't see how things can go wrong. Like I just I just have to be better. 
that, that, that's that's all I got to do is be better and uh, move move my feet, move my head, and I think we're going to take home a world title. The featherweight world championship of bare knuckles fighting is on the line uh, and in Great Falls on Friday night. Last thing for you, then, man, if you were to go claim this featherweight world championship, that'd be pretty cool to be called a world champion. What would that mean to you? Uh, I. I with the win, I secure being the youngest BKSC champion in the promotion's five-year history, and I think that's a pretty big deal. Most of the champions are double my age, um, like almost literally, and I I think that that just shows that young guns can do whatever they want um, as long as you have the courage to put one foot in front of the other. Uh, the sky's the limit. Well, best of luck. Thanks for being here, man. And uh, we'll be rooting, uh, rooting you on from afar. But uh, thanks so much for, for uh, checking in with us and uh, go get them on Friday night. Thank you so much for having me. Kai Stewart, Great Falls product and uh, fighting Louis Lopez for the BKFC Featherweight World Championship. That's the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships on Friday night in Great Falls. I misspoke. Louis Lopez is he lives in Great Falls. He's a Great Falls resident right now. He's, he trains out of Great Falls as well. He's actually from Helena. So um, Stewart been training out of the Team Wolfpack gym there in Great Falls, and Lopez has been tra- training out of the Diesel's Counterpunch MMA, which is run by Joe Riggs, uh, who's a uh, well-known name, combat sports legend uh, in this part of the world. So these guys are. This is going to be a, a fascinating deal. And these, this bare knuckles uh, fighting is is certainly a sport that's on the rise. Uh, there, there's been a couple of the, the champions in different weight classes that have then gotten contracts at the UFC. So it's a big deal. I mean, if these guys get either one of these young men, they're going to win a world championship, and that's going to open up a variety of opportunities for them in the MMA world and in the fighting world. So pretty cool to have uh, one of these big-time events, BKFC 44, at the Four Seasons Arena on Friday night uh, in Great Falls. If you want to find out more or you want to uh, get some tickets, you can visit bkfc.com. That's Friday night, June 9th, live from Great Falls, Montana. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, take you home right after this. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. All the kids tell me that the, the key to success and exposure is... Through the Instagram, through the TikTok. <laughs> I don't know, man. But we are uh, trying to up our game when it comes to the, the social medias. So uh, you should go follow us uh, on Instagram, on our uh, ESPN uh, Missoula handle, 
We'd appreciate it. And that way you can follow along and figure out what's coming up on the show, what we got in terms of giveaways, all sorts of fun stuff. The world of technology never quits evolving. Thanks for being here. Happy Monday. Hope you're having a great start to your week. You are listening to Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Still smoothing out the guest list for the week, but tomorrow we'll have our Treasure State Stars, best of the best individual performances from the week that was around uh, the state of Montana. We'll also have some free Tagliari Deli for you, a gift card from Tag as part of Tag Tuesday. Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports will join us, and we'll continue our Senior Spotlight Series as well. I got a couple different... Uh, inquiries out there to some young people from around the state. So I can't tease officially who's going to be joining us yet this week, but we do have some some requests out there to several of the uh, the best of the best. And we'll also probably keep on doing our uh, most impressive and most memorable moments from the, uh, the, the year that was uh, around the sporting world uh, in Montana. If you missed anything in today's show from uh, the Montana Sports Hour with a lot of those most impressive and most memorable uh, memories and uh, recognitions to Dallas Neal, former Grizz, and uh, upcoming Montana Football Hall of Fame inductee, and Kai Stewart, uh, aspiring bare-knuckle fighting championship featherweight world champion. He'll fight for the featherweight world championship in Great Falls on Friday night. All that is on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold on game day or any other day. Uh, I kicked the can down the road because we ran out of time in the first segment when I wanted to talk about this. But last night, what an effort. I was uh, so flat wrong. I thought the Nuggets were going to absolutely roll in game two. I, I did not. I was not on the train where I thought the Nuggets were going to steamroll this series and win in five. Or uh, I, A lot of pundits were saying the Nuggets are going to sweep. Uh, uh, very many more pundits were saying the Nuggets are going to win in five. I got money on the Nuggets winning in six, but I did think the Heat were going to give a, a, more of a fight than a lot of the national people did. And after last night, who knows? This series is upside down. Miami goes into Denver and smacks the uh, D- the Denver Nuggets. Last week, I said, leading up to the finals and coming out of game one, that what I would do is try to keep the ball in Nikola Jokic's hands and make him shoot twos, make him beat you with twos. Well, game one, he spread the ball all around. The Nuggets didn't even actually shoot the ball that well. They only made eight threes. Uh, but he had 14 assists. If the Nuggets shoot well, he might have 20-plus assists in that game. Uh, and, and he gets a triple-double. But then last night, the Heat are able to uh, squeeze out a 111-108 win in Denver. Uh, Jokic, he finished with 41 points, but he only had four assists. And the Nuggets, uh, they did hit 11 threes, and they shot almost 40% from three. But I think that I think that's the formula to beat Denver, though. If Jokic is shooting uh, 12 shots like he did in Game One, you ain't gonna beat the Nuggets if he's distributed like he knows how. If he shoots 28 shots like he did in Game Two, and you keep uh, the shot attempts down for guys like Michael Porter, who was only two of eight last night, one of six from beyond the arc. So Michael Porter right now three of 17 from three so far in this series. Uh, if, if you keep the shot attempts down for guys like Porter and Jamal Murray and Catavius Caldwell-Pope, 
Uh, you definitely got a fighting chance. And, you know, like I always say, the thing I always root for the most is just being right. And Jimmy Butler continues his unbelievable playoffs. He continues this unbelievable uh, latest chapter of his career. And his legacy just continues to be fortified. So uh, a shocking, certainly, win by the Miami Heat, 111-108. to I also thought the coaching mismatch was way more on full display in Eric Spolster's favor in Game 2 as opposed to Game 1. I know we only have a couple of minutes, but Andrew, what did you think of, of last night's um, finals result? Jaw-dropping to me that the Heat went in there and won like that. Yeah, jaw-dropping not only that they won, but they, I mean... Denver was in control of this game for for three quarters. That's I mean, right. they they were up eight going to the fourth quarter, and just the way that they've been putting teams away in the playoffs, you really thought it was over. And then you know, Miami just put things together in the fourth quarter, and we can talk all we want about keeping the ball out of Jokic's hand, keeping the ball in Jokic's hands. Yeah. I think I think you're partially right there. Uh, the best version of this Denver team is when actually Jamal Murray's doing a lot of the scoring and Jokic is doing everything else. True, true. But it also just really helps that Miami shot the crap out of the ball for one night. Uh, you know, seventeen of thirty-five from three, almost nearly, 50%. nearly fifty percent from three, and especially in the fourth quarter, everything was going down for him. I mean, Kyle Lowry, two of three from deep. Duncan Robinson got some shots to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, we'll see what happens now because I think the Heat have hit on a little bit of a strategy here. I'm telling you, Coulter, I'm betting on Nikola Jokic figuring it out. I'm betting on Nikola Jokic saying, look, if you want to keep the ball in my hands and force me to take two-pointers and beat you that way, I'm going to do it. If if I need to put up 50, I'm going to do it if that's what you're giving me. It's going to be a pivotal game three because if Miami gets that one and then they're up 2-1, now all of a sudden they control the series. Stat for you as we take you out here. The Heat trailed by eight going into the fourth quarter. They have four wins this postseason alone by trailing by eight or more points going into the fourth quarter. That's the most in a single postseason in NBA history. They're four and five in those situations. This playoffs alone, the rest of the NBA, one and 41. Unbelievable. We'll see you tomorrow. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.